you for tuning in. Welcome to The Swish. Uh, thanks for checking us out. I'm your host, Ivan Mora, and my co-host, Rafael Nieto, unfortunately couldn't be here today, but we will definitely catch him on the next episode. So, guys, I'm excited. Today, uh, I have this guest. He is a writer and NBA content creator. He is the creator of the website Simply Ballin. You should definitely check that out. And he is a writer for SB Nation's Miami Heat website, Hot Hot Hoops, and the Miami Heat Beat. I met him back when we both wrote for All You Can Heat over there at Fansided. So I'm excited to have him on. Welcome to the Swish, John Zablanca. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, right off the bat, whenever we start uh, these these interviews and, and talking about the, the NBA playoffs and everything, I always like to just go straight to uh, where just basic info so all of our listeners the could know a little bit about you or where are you from uh how long have you been a heat fan and just a little backstory on all that uh, well i'm from the uk um and i've been a heat fan for around six seven years now i started what um i started following basketball roughly during a big free era but not much um i actually didn't follow heat back then i started watching the clippers because of jamal crawford and chris paul got into basketball more since like 2018 2017 that's when i started watching actual games rather than just highlights and for over two years it's just been more content creation more writing out about basketball oh nice so you were a clippers fan uh in the chris paul era what was that probably 2008 2009 or no no sorry no 2010 and on right around there 2012 2013 2012 Yeah, I played basketball for my school team and outside of school, then played a bit. I'm still a bit playing, like, roughly in college, kind of. Oh, okay, nice. I actually, uh, number three is my favorite number also because of Dwayne Wade. I've been a Heat mm -hmm. fan since 2003 when Wade got drafted from Marquette. And I think the only year I followed college basketball, and yes, shout out to my friend Julio Vasquez, who always reminds me that he's the one that showed me, introduced me with Dwayne Wade. But that year I saw him, and since then I've been a huge, huge Heat fan. And yeah, number three is my, my number also, so we have that in common. <laughs> uh, you, you've you been writing for a while, uh, fan-sided. Uh, I remember some articles there, some great articles in All You Can Heat. And now you're with SB Nation, Hot Hot Hoops. You're also with the Miami Heat Beat, which is a great, great website. Anyone that that's a huge fan that wants to get into Uh, some of the contents and, and coverage for the Miami Heat. Definitely check them out. They're, they're good sources. Uh, I always like to talk about every, how everyone got their start. So how long have you been with both Hot Hot Hoops and Miami Heat Beat? And when did you start for Simply Ballin? And also, where do you have the time to do all that? <laughs> um, well, I actually haven't been writing for the Heat Beat uh, much. I, just, I started like last week. My first piece came for game one in the, for the playoffs oh. and, for the, and for Hot Hot Hoops for the SB Nation that also came around recently I think 
January. That's when it started writing. Um, mostly, I started first write for fan sided, and I was actually looking at the dates. It was exactly three years ago, started in April twenty nineteen. Oh, nice. Um, the whole like starting my writing that came way when I was still in school. That was like um, seventeen, eighteen. So I wrote for this basketball at Hardwood, Hardwood Amino. Not sure if you heard about it. Um, so I blogging, like writing blogs down there. Then I found fun side I'm sorry, did you study that? Was that something that, that was that a major of yours in college or? Um, uh, I had no in plan of anything, any interest or COVID. I wasn't even interested in like sports media or all that stuff. I was, I like the heat, I like the sports. I was thinking of just going to like cap experts that kind of stuff, front office stuff. Okay. But then my interest grew as I just started writing more and more. Then, especially with Fansided, that helped me grow as a writer. And then I think it was like last year, I started my writing website just to write, just write words when I have, whenever I want to. Yeah. And that was growing now, is growing more into like a, I want this to be my career kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I started writing for Fansided back in 2015, covering the San Antonio Spurs, and I gotta say, I mean, I've, I've written for a lot of some other like entertainment websites, Hidden Remote, and Hoops Habit, and I'm a huge fan of Fansided. I really like their their layout, their setup, their the community. It's great. I mean, honestly, I wish more people would check them out or, or even hear about them. Yeah, um, yeah, Fansided, like all oh, you can hit and Hoops Habit with my main websites that I've been writing for like over two years. I only stopped writing for them like a year ago. Then I moved on to just doing my own thing. And I recently just for SB Nation, Miami Heat Beat. Awesome, that's great. Uh, what what triggered, uh, well, I mean, this goes hand in hand with what we talked about. So you said you just started writing a couple of years ago, like around 2018, 2019. What, what triggered that? Was something that caused you to be like, you know what, this is something that I want to do? Would you blog about just like other sports or, or what What caused your passion for writing a start? Like, how did it come about? Uh, it started because we had a snowstorm and we had like a call. So I just downloaded this app, Hardwood Amino. And it's like, the, on that app, it involved many people just blogging for fun. Where like, there was like leagues was was built by like teenagers kind of thing um and i just enjoyed writing about basketball and that's that's where i just enjoyed reading more about basketball watching more basketball and then since for, from then on i just liked doing all that kind of stuff just the creative writing up all the articles and it wasn't be until this season where i thought that this is what i love to do and just dive into more Basketball specific stuff, more X's are now in place. This is it's happened this year, and that's um, that's when I realized that I want to do this in the future. Awesome! So that that week off definitely helped you, and I'm assuming boredom. Yeah, and that definitely helped. You said that you said there was an app that you would write in, or did I hear that correctly? Yeah, it was a an app, a hardware amino. Oh, okay, cool. 
And uh, were, were you alone in this? Did, did you have friends that also liked to write? Or was it just something that you and your friends would, would, would talk about? Um, definitely didn't have any friends from around here because basketball is not a UK thing. You, you will not meet people. Um, but husband, the Harlem, you know, that was a community in itself. So you had plenty of people that did that own thing. And plenty of people from there moved on to Fanside and moved on to SB Nation as well. That's good. Uh, SB Nation, that community is also good. It's like Fanside. They have a pretty big community. Yeah. And uh, they, they always help new writers and try to get your work out there, try to get uh, your name out there, your your voice and your opinion. So I definitely I definitely appreciate those those opportunities that they they're giving uh, new writers. Uh, let's talk about the Miami Heat. At the time of this recording, it is April 26th of, of this year, 2022, and the Miami Heat look to close out the series against the Atlanta Hawks tonight in a game five back in Miami. What have you thought of Miami's performance so far, their defense more than anything, uh, and their latest game four dominant win? I don't want to talk about game three, that loss, because I think those last two plays were just horribly set up. But let's talk about their Sunday's game four performance and, and what have you thought about their defense? Yeah, the defense has been key in this series. Um, they completely made Trey Young look worse than Kendrick Nunn has been. Um, they game plan for him exactly how they meant to do. Um, he can't do anything in his paint, in a paint. He can't do anything out of the pick and rolls. And young guys even aren't beating you either. So lot of rotation everyone is still rotating contesting shots this has been one of the best defensives i've seen all year all year long and it's brought by having a defensive player um of the year bam he's part of that he got robbed you agree with me he got robbed at, well at least as a finalist it's crazy that he wasn't in the top three that's something that that I knew they probably wouldn't, he wouldn't get the recognition and he wouldn't win it. I thought Marcus Smart did a good job, but I mean, it all happened when Robert Williams went down. So that, to me, that kind of doesn't really count because he was out. Well, not out, but he, he wasn't the primary uh, defensive like unit there. But Bam not getting the top three uh, finalist spot was, uh, that just, that kind of pissed me off. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and that quick thing about the Robert Williams thing. Well, whenever I was talking about the turnaround Boston had in January, yeah, everything about the defense was going back to Robert Williams um, as a free safety. I've, like I've read so many stuff praising Robert Williams, so I don't see how you can just switch. Yeah, Robert's down, so that means Marcus Mars the defensive player of the year. You can't have two defensive player of the years on the same team. That's and true. that's for Bam. The only argument I see against him is games played, but people are making game um, arguments against him for other reasons, which makes no sense. The only reason he shouldn't be a finalist is because of playing 56 games, and that's it. Yeah, because Bam was out. Uh, he, he only played 56, or he was out 56? I think he only played around 56. Yeah, he only played about 56. Uh, for anyone out there that doesn't know why Bam had a, a surgery on his, what was it, his thumb, right? He had to repair ligaments. And it's something similar to what uh, Joel Embiid is going through right now, that he's going to play through the pain. So we'll see how that 
works out for him. But I understand that sense. But then to give it to Marcus Smart, which, like you said, Robert Williams was was in consideration, and then he gets injured, and now Marcus Smart plays probably the same amount of games that Bam played after his injury, and you still don't consider Bam. Uh, I don't know that. I mean, if anything, it gives him motivation. It probably will give him motivation to see how how they continue to play uh, in in these playoffs. What have you seen? What have you liked more uh, from Bam Adebayo? I think he needs to be more aggressive offensively. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know what's been going on with Bam on the offensive side. Um, I don't know if it's well, if it's something wrong with him, like an injury, because he not. There are, I think, a couple of plays like early on in the series where he had dunks open for him and he didn't do anything. He had like, many lobs opportunities and couldn't dunk. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just the offense not getting him involved or him don't want to get himself involved in the offense. Maybe it is, um, I heard some arguments because he had COVID, that's slowing him down as well. But, yeah, because he's not looking well on that end. Yeah, and I mean, I actually kind of understand that uh, I got COVID at the beginning of the year. I mean, obviously, my condition is nowhere near the NBA athletes or anything, but uh, a lot of my friends who got it afterwards, they they were really fatigued. And and to get back to, like, the point that they were at, um, myself included, I felt that it it took a while. I guess you could put that some on on Bam because he was out right before the NBA playoffs start round one. So, I mean, hopefully... Hopefully we'll see more of him, but his defense has been amazing. I, I remember that game four that you had Trey Young, and you talked about this in one of your articles, how Trey had Bam defending him out on the on the wing, and then it was a switch, and then oh no, sorry, it was PJ Tucker first, yeah. and then he switched to Bam, and then he switched to Jimmy Butler. So that defensive wall—it's not talked about that much. I mean, that defensive effort. This is what's what's winning games for us right now. Yeah, and that's and having three to four not and now the Oladipo as well. Um having those lengthy wings is gonna be key for the rest of the playoffs. You have you still have Tatum and Brown, Giannis, Middleton, Drew, that will require all that kind of help. And you we have four or five guys that can get you those kind of stops. And Dean Struess recently, he's been making progress on the defensive end. Have you liked that switch, uh, Struz now being in the starting lineup? Yeah, I didn't mind that, um, especially with Duncan struggling. And I think uh, before I still said Duncan was the better offensive player, um, but we've seen like from Hero, it's not all about who's the better player that should be starting. It all depends on the chemistry, on the rotations. Clearly, they wanted Struz in the starting lineup because that worked for other guys. It worked for Duncan coming off the bench, and it's clearly working. So there's no need, there's no reason to change something that's not working. I know. So in in these games, and obviously throughout the whole season, uh, we both, I'm, I mean, I think we would both agree that Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are the leaders and floor generals for this Heat team going into the playoffs. Or well, actually, at the start of these first four games. With the exception of game three, but that was only towards the end. So they still had a pretty solid run to catch up. So the success of uh, hopefully what we could expect a conference finals and hopefully a finals run, it's going to rely heavily on them, but also on the on the future of how Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero play. 
What do we need to see from Tyler Hero, in your opinion, for this team to really cruise by, hopefully to the second round and, and hopefully conference finals? Uh, we just need Hero to be the same hero he's been all year long. Um, we need that six man of the year. Um, he's been missing just open looks. Uh, I think last time I checked, he was like shooting sub 40% on open shots, on open wide open shots. Um, I think someone else pointed out that he's still shooting well from the mid range, but he just doesn't look in rhythm. And I'm not sure if that's more hero not getting done or just not factoring him on offense because Butler's working, making it work. Other, like it works for other people right now. So I don't know how you get Tyler going without disrupting that kind of rhythm. Uh, his, he had a pretty bad uh, game four, but they were rolling. So honestly, I think he just played his role uh, just as a facilitator more than anything. He only finished with three points, one assist, and he shot one from eight from the field goal. Mm -hmm. But when you have Jimmy Butler going for 36 points and a, a great defense covering and limiting Trey to, to, I think he shot one or two of ten something like that so it was it was it was a pretty good performance from the miami heat defense so you, you you not that you don't need tyler hero you definitely do but when you have jimmy playing like that you better just let him do his thing <laughs> to close it out for us yeah. uh, what do you think what did what did you think of victor oladipo i've been a huge oladipo fan for a while i was excited when they traded for him in the trade deadline uh, a year ago and i was pretty sad when he had his knee surgery but i'm actually happy now that he's back and he's, he's getting acclimated back into the the conditioning and, and the playoff rotation and just playing time what did you see in, in in these playoff minutes from him were you surprised at his performance or was it exactly what you expected from oladipo um i expected that kind of effort on a defensive end um i wasn't sure what to expect from him on the offense with everyone else because like you said he hasn't been playing with us that long i'm not sure how many minutes he played together with like bam and jimmy um so it take it would take it obviously takes time to just get used to the rotation get used to the guys and you can't you just can't insert a guy out of nowhere into the playoffs and expect him to be in rhythm but he still gave me what was needed but i still don't think he would have played if Larry was healthy, or even if Duncan the Hero played well, I, um, I still think he just he played because it was a last, it was an emergency kind of thing. Duncan was playing bad; he had foul troubles. Hero is off. Caleb didn't look right, so then you you had to, um, you had to insert deeper in there. Yeah, when game four, he he didn't he didn't finish with a lot of points. He had six points. He had four assists. But what was impressive to me was his defense. He knew exactly where where the position was going to be. He had eight rebounds. He knew he got into the rhythm pretty quickly, which was good, and he was a plus 28 for the game. Now, you make a great point. The only reason we saw him was because of the injury to Kaolari. But my opinion, and you may disagree with me here, but what I want to know is, because I've been asking a lot of Heat fans also this, is that is there a point that he might get the nod over Duncan Robinson or maybe over Caleb Martin? Because the potential is there. He has great defense, even at times when we need him the most. 
But now that because of Duncan Robinson being a great shooter and that just offensive boost that him and Tyler Hero provide off the bench, do you think we'll ever see something like that? Maybe Oladipo getting the nod over Robinson and Marty? Um, I'm leaning no. Um, so I think we've um, I've tweeted out recently the Heat with one of like Max or Duncan like plus 14 plus yeah plus 10 or something like that but when when it's without max or duncan they're minus nine so they need at least one of the shooters yeah. and and i don't think it's fair to rely on max for 48 minutes so he needs to have rest and i don't think replacing max with depot is a good thing especially because we need that spacing with jimmy or bam so i, I think Duncan's rotation will carry on as as it has been. Shortly, if he's hot, you'll see a game one performance. If he's bad, then you'll see more Caleb, more Struess, and maybe more deeper minutes. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a great problem to have because we have good uh, role players and good uh, support that the rotation is, is... We don't have a lack of rotation players to, mm. to fill that gap. I, I, I wish... The only reason why is because Oladipo's kind of showing his worth, and I feel like maybe in the off season it might have some issues with with who are we going to pay or who are the Mamiki going to pay, who are they not? Tyler Hero ha definitely has to be on top of their list to to keep him there, and I, I just honestly don't want to see him leave. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so so we'll see how this playoff series goes. Uh, I wanted to to get your prediction for, let's say, this series, which is obviously a pretty obvious one. You think they'll close it out tonight in Game 5? Yeah, so it's always here in 5. Whatever the team, whatever the series, is always here in 5. Awesome. I love it. Love that that uh, confidence, that enthusiasm. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the NBA in general, the playoffs. What did you think of last night's Celtics sweep of the Nets and a potential Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, Celtics matchup, which I think is going to be great. Uh, yeah, I've been surprised by the Celtics sweep against the Nets because um, it's Kevin Durant, it's Kyrie. Like we know, the Boston team is a better team than them, but he's still KV. He he still should have gave you more than he should have against even against this defense. Um, For the Bucks and the Celtics, uh, that's a tough one. I think I'm leaning more towards the Bucks, but then there's the Middleton injury, um, so I'm not sure when he's back or not. And the Celtics defense could give Giannis issues as well. And if there's no Middleton, I don't know what other options they would have to go to. Well, when I saw the the injury to Middleton happen, I think it was in Game Two of the, the matchup. I immediately thought, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a betting man. I kind of gamble from time to time on games. So, I, so I, I saw game three and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go on the Bulls just because of this recent injury and see how the Bucks kind of um, kind of work themselves to see how they're going to proceed without Middleton, how the offense is going to run. And honestly, they proved me wrong. <laughs> and they won that game and now they're up 3-1. And Giannis is just insane. He's he, To me, in my opinion, it's maybe a tie, but I would give it a little bit more to him between him and Luca for the best players right now in the league because they, he's just been unstoppable. 
I also agree that it's going to be hard for them to go up against the Boston Celtics defense without their second scorer. Middleton was a 28-8 and eight guy during the season, so he's definitely going to be missed. I, I want to, before we get into that real quick, I also agree that it was crazy that the Knicks got sweep. Do you think Kyrie, I'm glad he's kind of owning up to it, that the whole vaccine issue, that it was a distraction for his players, and it was, and um, the fact that he was part-time was honestly a major, major issue with him. Do you think if he would have been back full-time, we might have seen a different outcome? Well, yeah, if he was healthy, uh, if he was just playing full-time, then I, yeah, well, I think we definitely see them not even in the play. We would see them around that six range. Um, they'd probably overtake the Bulls. Because um, yeah. Kyrie and the other rest of the team would still be capable of um, winning some games. And... Towards the end of the season, I think Kyrie's problem was because he wasn't playing. So he was getting, he was tired because he was just playing part-time. He didn't have the conditioning of playing regularly. So if he didn't have that problem, we would probably see the normal Kyrie we're used to. And maybe they, they would still have that big three with Harden in there. Because I know that was one of the issues that Harden just didn't want to have a part-time player. I don't know how true those those comments are, but that that's what, something that I had that I'd read online, they maybe they would still have that big three. Maybe they would have been made a, a, a bigger splash and a top seed in the East. Mm. I think Celtics was just out for revenge last year. They they lost to the Nets in the first round, four to one. So I think they and they just turned their season around. So I don't want to talk about the Nets anymore because what a, what a what a disaster of a season for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ben Simmons. Everyone can pretty much agree that that was just horrible also on his end, that he just didn't come back at least one game to help. But let's talk about Celtics Bucks. That Celtics defense is going to be a lot of work for Giannis. Uh, I still think the Bucks reigning champs will come out victorious, but I don't know if I were to predict. Probably six. What do you think? Yeah, I'll probably have Bucks six. Bucks and six. Um because of the Celtics offense, uh, people have been saying like they've they've taken care of um, the Nets, but the Nets defense isn't exactly screaming great defense. And then you have against you have to go against Giannis, Brook, and Drew, and all those kind of lengthy defenders. So I don't know if um, the Boston would type if their offense would go against Bucks. I don't think they would match up well. Maybe the defense will be enough to contain Giannis, but then you'd have to get, then you'd also get beat by other guys. And I think Marcus Smart is going to contest Drew Holiday pretty well. I'm hmm. not a Marcus Smart fan, but he has been surprising me. And he has been, uh, how can I say, he's been hitting his spots well. He knows uh, how the defense is working, and, and it's been great. And Jason Tatum. I'm a Jalen Brown fan, but Jason Tatum has been just incredible. He's he's on another level right now. Um, I think that if Celtics make it past the Bucks and hopefully Heat do too, I'm, I'm hoping that's fingers crossed. It's it's gonna be tough. Another another what is it? 2019 uh, conference finals rematch, and I think the outcome might be a little bit different. 
But so we both agreed Bucks will still probably still take it. Uh, even without Middleton, that's saying a lot out of this Bucks team. Yeah, long they're still the defending champs and I don't think you can take much from the regular season because they went without Brooke and I think even last year they just took it down a notch in the regular season and imp improved and increased their play in the playoffs. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully we'll see that, that that's probably going to be an obvious choice that Milwaukee closes it out. Mm -hmm. uh, they also play tonight against the Bulls. Uh, and the Bulls, as much as we've loved watching them, well, I, I've actually been pleasantly surprised with them and, and I've been excited to watch them play, but Lonzo's out and, and Bucks' defense has just been too much for them to handle. Yeah, and I don't think I was much of a Bulls fan. Um, I've been calling frauds all season long. Oh, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were going to do anything in the regular season or the playoffs. I wasn't high on them at all okay yeah a lot of people when they had their hot start they're already writing them to the conference finals and everyone's saying wait wait they don't get ahead of yourself it's barely the first year so mm -hmm. uh they ended up a good season because i really think bucks are going to close it out tonight so uh if this is the last game for them they had a, i would say it's a success pretty good season though they'll, they'll have them back next year as well uh zach levine and demar DeRozan. Lonzo, so I think they'll have a bright future. So let's talk about the West because it's also been great, great playoff atmosphere over there. Crazy games. Mavs are looking great, great with Luca back. In one of my earlier episodes of the Swish, I actually predicted a bold, bold Mavs and the finals run, which could still happen with because of the injuries to, to Devin Booker and John Moran still looking. I feel like maybe he's he's dealing with something, but he's playing through the pain. That's just me. I don't know. Uh, the Warriors, though, they're looking. They have great, great competitive advantage. They're looking like the old Warriors, like the 2018, 2019 Warriors. And obviously, you can't count out the Memphis Grizzlies, even though they're tied 2-2 with the Timberwolves. And Suns with Booker out. If he's out for more, then I mean, let's see if they get through the Pelicans first, because they're tied 2-2, and they play tonight. But he, but if he's out for more than the second round, then that's going to be an issue for them. What are your thoughts out on the West? Who do you like? What, what have you liked? And, and what are your predictions out there? Um, if everyone was healthy, I would have liked the, um, the Suns. Uh, I was thinking Suns, Warriors, and prob probably lean Warriors in seven. Um, I'm still, I still think the Warriors get out of their West quite comfortably. Um, but I think it all depends on the Injuries to the Suns. If Booker's still not playing, I think Chris Paul managed to get hurt or something like that. Um, they could get bounced in the second round. I still think they would beat Pels, um, even without Booker. Yeah. Um, the Mavs, they're, yeah, they've been looking. I'm actually just watching the games right now. Uh, yeah, but Jennings has been really good. But I've, he's still one of the top scorers in the league. In the playoffs, um, and now with Luca just getting his groove back, I wouldn't count them out. But I still think it's Warriors' thing to lose. I think they're the favorites. Okay, nice. Because the Warriors on their side of the bracket, if they get past the Nuggets, they—if I know—if I'm 
calling this correctly, which I hope I am. I hope I'm not messing it up. But they would go against the, the winners of the the Suns Pelicans, actually. So let me just let me just make sure. I don't want to mess this up right now. Yeah, they would. Oh no, no, actually, no. My mistake. They would go against. You're right. They would go against the winners of Memphis, Minnesota. Uh, you think Minnesota has a chance? Nah, Memphis will probably. Yeah, I think they have a chance. To... And then Dallas. If, if it ends up being Dallas, Phoenix with Booker back, that's gonna be a hell of a of a conference semis. Yeah, that's a six-seven game series. Yeah, for sure. So uh, our final question here to, to end this uh, this great interview, and thank you again for coming out. It's it's just something uh, switching gears a little bit. It's a fun segment here that we do, and I don't even know if you're a huge movie guy, but what is your favorite basketball related movie? I was just gonna say I'm not a huge movie fan. I don't watch many movies, uh, but there's one basketball film. It, it is Coach Carter. That's the oh. only film like of how many basketball movies? Yeah, I think it's Coach Carter and Space Jam the only like proper basketball movies I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'll definitely have to say Coach Carter. Yeah, I'm actually, I think it's very underrated. I really liked it, even though because I'm a huge movie guy. I'm the opposite. I really, I watch. I don't know how many movies a week. And uh, Samuel Jackson's just one of those that he just comes out in every single movie. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't like him, but yeah, I agree. I actually think it's a very underrated movie, and uh, I think more people should check it out. It's a really great movie. <laughs> you got any recommendations for our basketball movies? What's up? You got any other recommendations? Hoosiers. It's an old movie with Gene Hackman. If you ever get a chance to watch it, that's a great, great uh, movie to catch. And also, uh, this is it's this is more of a funny movie than anything. It's it's not like a Coach Carter or Hoosiers, mm. but The Sixth Man is also pretty funny uh, with the Wayne's brothers. The, that's a pretty good movie to catch if, if you're ever bored one day. Just 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 look it up. It's it's all right. It's entertaining. Um, quick, if we don't, if we're not talking about basketball films, Moneyball was the best sports movie I've seen. Yeah, yeah, that's very good actually, with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Yeah, uh, I wish they would do something like that with basketball. <laughs> I mean, that, that that was a a great movie. That's that's actually good that you mentioned it because I just saw it recently again for like second or third time, and wow, it lives up. It's a great, yeah. great movie. Um, well, John, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on this was fun anything else you want to talk about uh any any other prediction or anything nba playoffs related before we go uh just to say that the heat are making playoffs uh, the finals it's heat in five against the hawks heat in six versus the sixes or raptors because doc my blowed up free our lead yeah. um yeah heat in the finals nice i like that i like that confidence i like that motivation I also agree. I've been calling it. I think the Heat have a great, great team defensively, barring no injuries, that they could actually make the finals. So let's let's hope that it happens. Mm. Uh, John, thank you for being here, uh, for giving us an hour of your time to hop on, talk Heat, and talk NBA playoffs. Uh, everyone out there, you could check all, all of John's work via Twitter. His Twitter handle is John, and I'm saying this right, right? Jablanca, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's John, J-O-H-N, his last name, Jablanca, J-A-B-L-O-N-K-A, underscore. And his website, simply ballin' at S-I-M-P-L-Y-B-A-L-L-I-N, underscore. 
and check out all his work covering the Miami Heat over there at SB Nation, Hot Hot Hoops, and also the Miami Heat Beat. It's a great, great uh, Miami Heat coverage. Check it out. And also be sure to subscribe and follow on all our Swish social media outlet, guys. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify under the Swish, and on Instagram and Twitter under the Swish Radio. So thank you for listening, guys. Thank you, John, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.